Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. Tuesday mornings, usually at 11.30. Today we're a little early due to a scheduling change. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who are Be'ez Hashem be joining the Shir. And for more information about First Seder, you could go to their website, firstseder.org, or email Rabbi Greenspan at rabbigreenspan at firstseder.org. Okay, today we're continuing our series on the Paiskim. And today we are going to learn about the Ksais HaChoshen. The Ksais HaChoshen was a Rab Rabbi Yaleib HaKoyin Heller. He was Nifter Yudtes Teves, so it's coming up in a month or so, five weeks, in the year Tav Kuf Ayin Gimel, which is the end of 1812. Who was the Ksais HaChoshen? So, his father was named Rabbi Yosef HaKoyin, and he was a son of someone, Rabbi Yechiel Michal HaKoyin, who was a son of Rabbi Yaakov Yosef HaKoyin. Now, some biographers add in a few other diaries in there. Um, it seems to be a discussion or a, a dispute um, if there's some other diaries in there. But this Rabbi Yaakov Yosef was a son-in-law of the Taisvis Yontif. Now, the Taisvis Yontif's name was Heller. So somehow along the, le- along the way, the family took on the name Heller. The Taisis Yantiv was a Levi, the family of Rabbi Yaleib Kaihanim. So I'm assuming that his son-in-law for some reason took on his name, and that's how they got the name um, Heller. Now, there's a famous story about the Shidduch between the Ksais's father and his mother, Rabbi Yosef and his wife. And this story, the stipler, Zechariah Nelevracha, said he heard it from the Chafetz Chaim that when they were making the shidduch between Rabbi Yosef and his wife, the problem was both families were very poor. And although they wanted the shidduch, and it was a very chash of a shidduch, Rabbi Yosef was a, was a big miyuchis back to the Taisis Yantif. However, the question was, how are they going to support themselves? Like, where are they going to get food from? So um, they said they went to Reb Chaim Sanzer, not the Divrei Chaim, the other first Reb Chaim Sanzer from Brod, the one who's quoted many times by the Mishabura. Um, we've mentioned him other times, and he said that he doesn't understand. He, he says it's a very good shidduch, they should do it. Aye, there's a problem that they won't have what to eat. Well, what are they doing now? The chassan's eating his parents' house, and the is eating at her parents' house. And uh, there's enough food for that, I guess just not enough food for one more mouth. So they should continue doing that. After the chassanah, um, they'll continue to go home to their parents, each one, to eat their meals. And that is how the shidduch came about. And they were zaycha too, as we'll see, a family of G'daylei um, Yisrael. In the Hakdama to the Ksais, he writes, It's not my uh, righteousness, and it's not the uh, yashus of my heart that I was zaycha for this. It was the schus of my forefathers, avoysasha hisalchu lefonecha betamim, my forefathers who went in front of you, Hashem, betamim, betmimus. And he says about his father, schus abamari, the schus of my father, my teacher, mori uvdan. he's a person, he's the master of actions. V'chadmi b'nei aliyah, he's one of those who is always rising, adayni mori v'rabi merenu rabi yosef that was how he referred to his father. Now, where did they live? He was born in the city of Kalush. We've met the city of Kalush numerous times. This is Kalush, which is in Galicia, as opposed to Kalish, which is in Poland. And in this city of Kalush, there were three big tzaddikim kaihanim. 
One was Rabbi Yosef Hakayin, the father of the Ksais. One was someone named Hagoyin, Rabbi Shimon Hakayin, who is quoted and cited in many of the biographies or the, or the history of Kalush, but we don't really know anything about him, but he was known to be a big tzaddik and a kaddish. And the third one was Rabbi Yamin HaKayin Rappaport. Rabbi Yamin HaKayin was the older brother of Rabbi Nuchayim HaKayin Rappaport. There's a chuvas called Chuvas Rabbi Nuchayim HaKayin. My Zayder of Kreisworth was an anical of his, and he, he, he uh, published the Rabbi Nuchayim HaKayin Rappaport. He was the Rav in Lvov, in Lemberg. These were, that's Rabbi Chaim HaKayin was. Rabbi, his older brother, Rabbi Yamin, was here in Kalish. So these were the three Kayhanim Gedolim, as they called them, in the city. And Rabbi Yamin was the Maggid of the city, and one day in Idrasha he said that they revealed from him in Hashemayim that on this city there is a Gzeira, there's going to be some type of Magefas Dever, some type of plague. It's going to have to do with the air, some, some, uh, some, some type of, uh, of a Machala, some type of um, a pandemic in, this, in the air. And however, if the three Tzadikim, these three Tzadikim, will pass away, It'll be a kapara for the entire city. And he said, the, as we say in the Pasuk, Yosef Einenu, Shimon Einenu, Ves Binyamin, Tikachu, if you take all three of those, Reb Yosef, Reb Shimon, and Reb Binyamin, then there will be a, a kapara. And they accepted it upon themselves. And Reb Yosef, the father of the Ksais, was Nifter in the year in, in Yud Gimel Mar Cheshvan of Tuf Kuf Lamed Aleph, that's 1771. Reb Shimon Zayin Kislev, which is in the two days, right? Today's Hey Kislev, so his yard sale will be in two days. And the last one, Rabbi Yamin, he was Nifter Chaf Alef Kislev. So in a few weeks, from Yud Gimel Mar Cheshvan to Chaf Alef Kislev, just about five weeks, these Kayhanim were all Nifter in the order of the Pasuk, Yosef Enenu, Shimon Enenu, Ves Yamin, and there was Taka No, and the No Magefa came. Very interesting story. Rabbi Yosef and his Rabbitsin had four children. Rabbi Yehuda Kahana, Kahana is the name of a Kayan, he called himself. He is the author of the Kuntras Hasveikas and the Trumas Hakri. Kuntras Hasveikas is printed and was printed originally together with the Ksais HaKayshen, in the back of the Ksais HaKayshen. It's on the Sefer of the Shach Tukva Kayan, based on that. The second uh, child was Reb Chaim, the third one was Reb Arya Leib, the Ksais, and the fourth one was Reb Mardchai. Reb Chaim was a Tamil Chacham who never became a Rav, he just learned, and Reb Mardchai was a businessman. So Reb Arya Leib, Heller, the, the uh, Ksais, as we call him, was born in the year Tuf Kofei, 1745, in Kalush. He was a Yegeab Atayra, like he writes in the Hakdama to Shav Shmaitza, now, Shav Shmaitza was printed much later, it was printed in 1804, and he writes, I really composed and I wrote this kuntras, this sefer, when I was younger, in my yaldus, in my child age. Um, before I was a man, before I grew up, because I used the best of my young days, how much I, I worked and I, and I was and I toiled in Taira in these days. And even though he didn't print the Sefer till much later, he says, now I feel is the time, um, 1804 is, is only eight years before he was nifty, he was already 60 years old at the time, about and um, he says, now I'm going to print the Sefer. So he's describing how he was toiling in Tyra. That's what he used his younger years for. 
Um, it, the, the way the, the story goes is that um, the Shev Shmaitza, seven different Shev Shmaitza is based on a, on a Gemara and Chulin, seven different halachas, and um, it's seven different um, um, sugyas that he, topics that he goes through there in the Shev Shmaitza, very uh, famous uh, sefer. And um, they say that at his Sheva Brachas, he said one Shemaitza each night for the seven Sheva Brachas. Um, however, as you see, he, he, he writes in Nakdama that this is something he worked on when he was younger. We happen not to know who his wife was or his father-in-law. Very interesting, we don't know who was, uh, was, was his family. Um, his brother, as we said, Remarchai's younger brother was involved in business and he supported him until it came a point that he lost his money and he was no longer able to support the Ksais and the Ksais became the Rav in a city called Rozhnitov. Rozhnitov, it's in Galicia today, it's in western Ukraine in the Lvov uh, region. Um, it's the same, it's 26 kilometers southwest of Kalush. It's all in the same uh, neighborhood. It was a very small kahila, it was a very poor kahila, and they didn't really um, support him properly as a rav should be supported, um, bekavayid. Um, they didn't really, it seems they really know, even understand how great he really was. Um, but at the same time, they also didn't bother him too much, so he was able to learn. He was so poor, he did not have a dining room table or a table at all. His table was a piece of wood on top of two barrels. It was freezing cold in the winter. He would learn under a blanket. And when he would write his chidushim, in order that the ink should not freeze in the inkwell, he had to keep the inkwell under a pillow in order that it should not freeze. Um, now, in the Hakdama to Shev Shmaitza, which is an unbelievable Musr Sefer unto itself, the Hakdama to Shev Shmaitza, he writes, Kal Anyone who loves riches and pleasures, Eini Yochel Lilma Teresh is not able to learn Teresh Peh properly. Levishiyesh Beitzar Gadol, if you want to learn Teresh Peh properly, there's a lot of pain. V'nidud Shina, and you got to keep yourself up. Um, a person really has to work himself very hard. And This is how the 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 Ksais lived his life at this point, at least, and this is how he wrote his Torah. an unbelievable anius and yagia and a lack of desire at all for any type of olam hazet. Um, now, in the Hakdama to the Ksais. He writes, Higdalto Chastachala. He says, Rabbi Shalaylam, your chesed has been so great. He writes, Birav Zantani, Mecherevitaltani, Midever Milatitani. Now, this is based on things that we say in Nishmas and based on Psukim, but he says, I, you, you fed me when I, in, in hunger, and you saved me from sword, and from a dever, you also saved me. Now, maybe that was the dever that happened before in, uh, when his father was taken in uh, 1771. Um, maybe that's the devil he was referring to. We're not really sure. And from all types of sicknesses, you also um, uh, drew me out. So lest one say, well, okay, so he's just using the 
things we say in Nishmas to talk about how Hashem took care of him. But he says, Beferish, Kol Ela Rosa Eni. I saw every one of these things. So just to describe what he lived through um, in his, you know, in his life. Yasar Yisrani v'lamavas anani HaKadosh Baruch Hu pained me and afflicted me, but I was not given over to death. So this is just a description of the type of life that uh, the Ksais, um was living. In those years, while he was living in such poverty, is when he uh, comp- when he wrote the Sefer Ksais HaChoshen, um, at least Chelek Aleph, and the Askamas that are on Chelek Aleph are from the year Elul Tov Kuf Memches, which is 1888 of Elul, and uh, the 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 him the Av Bezdin of Rajnitov. So you see, he was still the Rav there. There are some of the uh, books that say that he only became famous after he published the Ksois HaChayshen, and that's how he went on to his next Rabbanus. But we see clearly from the Askamas, not like that, um, because, um, as we will see, that the Askamas say he was a Rav in Rajnatav, but the Askama of the Av Bezdin of Lvov and his Bezdin, it's signed by the Av Bezdin and the Bezdin, they write that he is the Av Bezdin of Rajnatav, he's a Rav of Rajnatav, Asher Hunaf Asher Huram Koes Loshevez, Allah Terev Sitri. But now he is on his way, he's been taken to become the Rav of Sitri. So you see that he was already hired to be the Rav of Sitri before the Ksais was published, and not the other way around, like it says in many of the, uh, of the history uh, stories. Now, they write about him in these Haskamas. Again, one may say he only became famous with the Ksais HaChayshen, but you see clearly not like that. They say a holy people, a holy person passed here. They write unbelievable titles about the Ksais HaChayshen in the Haskama to the Ksais HaChayshen. So like we said, he became the Rav of Sitri. Sitri, we have met before as well in the life of the Nesivas, and we'll talk about that a little later. Sitri is about 60 kilometers um, northwest of Rajnatov. So again, it's all in the same. Kalish is here, and Rajnatov is here, and Sitri is here. It's all in the same the same circle. Uh, Kalish to, to Sitri was maybe 120 kilometers. They're all in the same in the same area. Now, when he became the Rav of Sitri, obviously it was around this time in Tav Kuf Memches, because that's when that Haskama is signed, Elul of Tav Kuf Memches, it says he's still in Rajnatav, but he's becoming the Rav in Sitri. So somewhere in the end of Tav Kuf Memches, beginning of Tav Kuf Memtes, which again is 1788, the end of 1788 is when he actually became the Rav of Sitri. But in the Rav of Sitri, it wasn't just Sitri, it was the whole region. It actually covered Kalish, Kalush and Rajnatov, the whole region was under his auspices. It was a very big city and a very big area that he became the Rav of. So he became from this small, little, uh, poverty-stricken city, village, he became the Rav of an entire region. Now, even though until now, and this is the way he lived his life, he was humble, he was someone who was nechbal akelim, always hiding, but in Sitri, he, he was the Rav and he, and, he, and he acted like a Rav. And he was, and, and he led with a tkifus, with a strength. 
Um, in fact, right after he got there in Tavkuf Memtes, he, he was misadder a get for the daughter of a very powerful person. I guess the chassan didn't want to be married to her anymore, and um, the powerful person was not happy, and he went and he snitched on him to the, to the uh, government that he's doing what he wants there, and he's, and he's, not, not, uh, and he's trying to make his own like, uh, rebellion. They put him in jail for a couple of days until they finally realized that he was just acting al pi halacha, and he wasn't making any types of rebellions. But this is what was going on. Um, in his in the city, this is you know this is in regards to the government, and he stood up many times for the Jews for the government. But even in the city itself, he was um, he would fight against any type of change or any chidush in halacha or in minig in Klal Yisrael. And that's why he was known as from the big misnagdim against Hasidim. Hasidim came to change things. These are the early days of Hasidus, as we'll see, the days of the Chayzim in Lublin. And um, he fought very stark against them in his city, and he's known as from the big misnagdim. One time he actually put a cheyrem on a group of Hasidim in his city. They did Kiddush Levana. There's a Shaila in the Girsas exactly of the story when it happened. But it seems it was on Lel Yud Zayin, which Pashtas in the Shulchan Aruch, he can't do Kiddush Levana anymore, past Tezayin, the Armekilim, the Heshev Moshe, um, has a, the Ismach Moshe has a tshuva about it, but they did it, and he put them in Cherem. It seems that was might have been the straw that broke the camel's back, and uh, most of the city was perished from them. They separated, like, people in Cherem for 30 days. You have to stay away from them. So they figured if the people in the city aren't talking to us, we'll leave for a month. We'll go to the Chayzer from Lublin. You know, he'll stand up for us. They went to Lublin, and the Chayzer refused to see them till after the Cherem was over. And um, when they came into the Chayza, he got very upset at them. He said, He said, The rub of your city is Sar HaTayra B'Dayreinu. How come you were not afraid to go against him? And he was very upset. So although he was known and still known as from the big Misnagdim, however, the Chassidim at the time and later for sure, um, all were Makabal him and, um, as, as the God Hadar. Many Gedolim and Zikne Hadar sent Shilas to the Ksais. We don't have a lot of Chuvas uh, from the Ksais, a little bit at the end of the two Chalakim of Avne Meluim, and um, a little random throughout other Sfarim. But for example, Rabbi Shua Heshel Babad, who was the Rav of Tarnopol, he is the grandfather of the Minchas Chinuch. Um, there's a Chuva to him in the end of Avne Meluim, Chelek Aleph, and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, the Beis Ephraim was a close friend of the Ksais, of the Ksais and there's Shuvas um, from the Ksais also in Beis, Shuvas Beis Ephraim in Yaradea, Ayin Beis, and Ayin Dalid. There's a back and forth over there, a long back and forth, a Masa Matan and Halacha between the two of them. Um, Reb Tzvi Hirsch Kara, who was the Rav of Buchach, he was the father-in-law of the Eshel Avram of Buchach, also from the G'dayli Adar, there's a tshuva to the Ksais in his sefer called Neta Shashuim, Simon Nun Zayin. There's a letter from the Primagodim. The Primagodim we've talked about, and the Primagodim writes to the Ksais and says, you know, I wrote up to you like um, titles of covet, you know, L'chvay, Arav, Agayin, these types of, of, of titles, and you wrote them back to me. He says, I don't understand. Why are you giving me the same titles that I gave you? He says, you are Eireglasis Mabushe Kavid. You weave together um, honorable and chashiva clothing for the Shochanarach, meaning with your Svarim you write Hakomishalah, your Mechadish things. They're your own personal ones. You're a real Gadol. And all I do, says the Prima Gadim, is Amalakit, uh, I just collect from other places and put them all together. 
So um, he says, therefore, you shouldn't be mechabed me. You shouldn't be mechabed me with these titles. The big day Yesha, the big day Yesha was Rebishaya from Prague, a Talmud of the Night of Behuda. We've talked about him uh, also um, long, uh, last year, a long time ago. We talked about the big day Yesha. He's quoted in the Mishabruah numerous times. Um, there's a tshuva to him in the end of Avne Meluam, Chelek Bey, Simendalid. Um, but the, the biggest chaver, um, friend, Yedidus, that the Ksais had is well known, and that's with the Nesivas HaMishbat. Um, Rav Yaakov Moshe uh, Larberbaim, we spoke about him a few uh, months ago, the Nesivas. The Nesivas was a Rav in Kalush. Kalush was the birthplace of the Ksais. The Nesivas, if you remember, was Rav there, and then afterwards, um, afterwards he went to Poland, and then um, in, in Talisa, and then he came back to Kalush again at the end of his life. So he was the Rav in Kalush the first time around in 1791. Um, at that time, he had not yet put out his Sefer Nesivas. Um, he didn't put that out till 1809. But they already had a shaykhs with each other before them, before that. And um, there's a tshuva, Navne Milum, Chelek Bey, Simen Chav from the year Tav Kuf Samaches, that um, there's a certain uh, psak din that the Nesivas had paskined, and uh, someone else argued on him, and he asked the Ksais to, to decide who was right, and the Ksais wrote a long tshuva to, uh, to, um, to explain who's right, and um, the Nesivas himself, in Simen Kuf Tzadibes, brings down the Shaila that he asked the Ksais, and his Maram is what the Ksais answered, and he tries to hold his ground a little bit over there um, in Nesivas. Now the Nesivas was much younger than the Ksais, we don't know exactly when the Nesivas was born. We said that in the uh, in the share on the Nesivas, but he was Nifter in 1832, which is 20 years after the Ksais. So he was uh, uh, much younger than him. Um, and um, even so, the Ksais says about him, he writes the titles, Ahuvi, Rachumi, Yedidi, he was, uh, felt very close with him. Now, even after the Nesivas put out his Sefer, Nesivas HaMishvat, which he argues on the Ksais, I didn't count, but they write over 200 times that he brings the Ksais and argues with him. Still, it didn't stop the Yedidus. They were still very good friends. And in fact, the Ksais then wrote another Sefer called Mishoivev Nesivas. It's the answer to the Nesivas where he answers many of the questions that the Nesivas asked. And in the Hakdama he writes, he says, you would think he'd be upset. Somebody argues on him so many times. He says, I'm so happy. I didn't, I didn't toil for nothing. He says, many They saw that my Sefer is a good Sefer. He says, I'm full of such joy when I see one of the great ones of Torah, the Go'ine Manenu, was Shokar al-Sifri. He worked very hard on my Sefer. Yedidi umakiri ha-goyim bala mechaber nesivas ha-mishpat. And he decided to litzarev, to, to sift through my Sefer, purify my Sefer. Beliroiz bechitze ha-sagoisov. And he's shooting arrows with his questions. Al-kol asher leinochen be'inai, what he doesn't see fit. He says, so he's very happy about it, that someone worked through his Sefer, and wants to write Horus on it and see what's not right. 
But he writes, he says, Ulam He says, but people think differently. When it comes to intellect, people think, think dif- differently. Um, he says, So when I looked at his Tainas, he says, um, I found them so some built him aspikos. He says I, I, I find that they're not really a, a good tain on me. They're not coming to the actual truth, and therefore um, he decided. Amarti, I decided Therefore, I'm going to write down my answers to what he said because I'm not masking him to what he's saying. Um, now he calls it mishoyvev nesivos. Why? Simply because he's meshiv on the nesivas, because he answers the nesivas. And also he says it's from the Loshan of Mishoivim Nesivas, there's a Pasuk in Yeshaya about that, means to straighten the roads. He says, so I'm straightening the roads of the, or, 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 um, or fixing the roads, or um, the, the, the uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but he's fixing the original roads, in other words, my Torah that I originally said, I'm making sure, I'm making sure that they're, that they're still uh, correct. Um, now, when the Nesivas reprints his Nesivas, later on in Tov Kuf, um, in Tov Kuf Tzadihei, which is after the Petira of the Ksais, in uh, 1835, he, in, in, uh, in the Nesivas, he added in answers, his rebuttals to the Mishayvev Nesivas. Not all the prints ended up printing them. He doesn't, he doesn't say Beferish that he's answering the uh, Kisais' questions in the Mishayvev. However, it's clear that this is what he's coming to do. He's coming to um, hold his ground on his Tainas on, um, on the Kisais. Now, it would seem that they visited each other often. Um, or at times for that matter, especially the Ksais was the rub of the region. He would, he would come to Kalush and he visited the Nesivas. We talked about this in the Shur on the Nesivas. But in the Meshavim Nesivas, in uh, Simon Aleph, he actually, the Ksais writes, He says, I was a host for the Nesivas and he had many of his, um, of his Sefer with him. And we argued about things, but I guess in that simon we argued about this point, and he actually admitted that I was right, and he remembered that Rashi said like me. Um, now, if you remember on the Shir on the Nesivas, we mentioned the famous story. Now, this, it's interesting. The source of this story is, if you remember last week when we spoke about the Arach HaShulchan, so we know the Arach HaShulchan visited the Tzemach Tzedek of Chabad, of Lubavitch. And we said that the Merkar Baruch, his son, has long, long uh, stories that, that, um, about those meetings. And we said some of the historians are not so sure about the accuracy of all these stories. Well, one of those stories is, is, is this famous story. And this is, that's the source of it. Is that the Nesivas asked the Ksais, why are your Svarim more Neskabal and Klai Yisrael more than my Nesivas? So the Ksais answered him, you get up in the morning and you, uh, you're fresh and new and you start a new sugya and you write new things. I get up in the morning when I'm fresh, my mind is fresh, and I look back at yesterday's and I fix all the things that perhaps weren't right and I correct them, so therefore that's why my Sefer um, is more Neskabel by Kla Yisrael. That's, the source of that story is from that uh, encounter supposedly between the Tzemach Tzedek and the Aruch HaShulchan. Now, as we said, the Nesivas was the Rav in Kalush, and that's where um, the Ksais was born. 
Um, at the end of his life, you can listen back to the Shir on the Nasivas, at the end of his life, he ended back, up back in Galicia, and he ended up being, for the last couple of years of his life, the Rav in Sitri. So it ends up that the Ksais and Nasivas are both buried in the same base Akvaris of Sitri, even though the Nasivas was mostly Rav in Kalish, mostly in Lisa, that's how he's known as, as, as Rabbi Yaakov Militsa, but he ended up in the same base Akvaris as the Ksais in Sitri. Now we talk about the Tzidkis and the Kedusha of the Ksais. One of his Talmidim says um, that he was going home for this man and he said goodbye to, 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 to the Ksais. So the Ksais held on to his hand and in a sweet voice he started saying the Pasuk in Kehelis, Smach Bocher and you should be happy in your young age, and he would say the whole Pasuk. And when he got to the end of the Pasuk, he stopped for a moment, and then he says, he shook my hand so hard, and he screamed in a, in a very loud voice, and he schlepped it out, Vidai, and you should know. And he says his face was like a, a fiery torch. He says, Vidai, ki, al kol ela, yavi elikecha ba mishpat, that Hashem's going to bring you, ba-mishpat, Hashem's going to bring you to a judgment. And that Talmud said for tens of years afterwards, he says he is still afraid of any type of nidnud, any type of little Avera. He says, I still have a fear because of the Ksais. When he said those words, I see him in front of me, that everything a person does, he's going to be judged for. He also said this Talmud that when the Ksais was much older, the end of his life, he was, he was helping him and he once put on his socks for him. And all of a sudden, and he said the Ksais was very weak, he could barely talk. And he, he barely eked out the words, you know, that uh, if you could help me with my socks. And when he put them on, the Ksais all of a sudden gave a scream, roared, and he says, Ashtecht, Ashtecht, it's poking me, it's poking me. So he says, I thought that, you know, maybe the wool, some strings were poking him. So I turned the sack inside out and I put it back on again. And again, he screamed, he says, so I realized that he didn't mean physically. It was some type of spiritual pain. And he says, afterwards, I checked out and the socks had some shatnas in them. And that's what he was pained by. This is the, the Kedusha of the, uh, of the Ksais HaChoshen. Now, there's a Tshuva Navni Meluim. And it's interesting, recently this came to light, there was a story with Rav Svi Finkel by his yard site, the mir had a, had a, had a, had she, um, had spayed him and things like that. And one of his Talmidim said that uh, he used to learn with him and he, and, and Rav Nassim Svi said, we'll learn Erev Sukkis, come in the morning after davening, Yantiftik, you should be wearing your Yantif clothing. And he said, we learned for eight hours. And uh, afterwards, Rav Nassim Tzvi says, I'm going to give you a present. And he opened up the Avni Meluim, and at the end, he showed him this tshuva, because the tshuva is dated Yud Dalit Tishrei, Tavkov Samach Dalid. It's to Rabbi Shul Heshel, we mentioned him before, from Buchach. And um, so, so Rav Nassim said, you see, even Erev Sukkis, with all the tirdas, you could write a tshuva. And he's telling him, that's why, Baruch Hashem, we're able to learn eight hours. Not arguing, but really, when you look through the tshuva, there's a, the lesson may be a little bit different because in the tshuva he says, "I received your question during the aserisimei tshuva." He calls them the days of rotzayin tvila and tachanunim. He says, "I could not look at your tshuva and go through it in those days because you cannot daven unless you get up to daven." The Gemara says, "Only from a halacha that's very clear." Because if you're, if it's a halacha that's not so clear, 
while you're davening, you're going to be thinking of all the different stadim and things like that. It's going to stare your kavana. That's a gemara mesech the brachas kapaskin the nalacha. So he's saying I couldn't go through your shaila because these are days of tefila, the atzeres yimei and therefore I can't. My mind can't be busy with epsashaila you're sending me. I need only halacha psuka. He says lo yacholti la'ayinba. So he says, and even now, Eina Penai Maskim, even now, Erev Sukkis, or the days between Yom Kippur and Sukkis, there's no time, Ki Me Mitzvah These are days of mitzvah and doing mitzvahs. He says, but Lemaisa, your Shaila is a halacha Lemaisa, so therefore, Hukrachti Likachlas Mizmanma. Therefore, I took out some time on Erev Sukkis to write you a tshuva. But Adarabi, he's really saying this is not a time for, for such lamdas. It's a time for Yemei Mitzvah Vasiyach the person has to learn. So, even though it's dated that day, when you look through the tshuva, but you see an unbelievable tzidkis of the ksais. During the days of Aserius Yimei Tshuva, days of Yimei, Ratzin, Tzvila, Vetachanunim, he was afraid to go through a shaila sent to him, it's going to stare his kavana during the Aserius Yimei Tshuva um, of his davening. Now, um, now, the Divrei Chaim of Sans, and again, like I said, all the G'dayle Chasidus um, were Mechabal the Ksais, as big as a Misnaget as he was. He said that the Ksais was Zaycha, that his farm was a Skabal in the world, because his Limud was with an unbelievable, unbelievable Yira, a Yira Sashem. Before he would say a Shira, before he would learn, he would go into a room and he would cry, and he would scream, the Pasukul, Rishoyim, Omer, Alikim, Malachal, Saper, Chukai. That Hashem says to Rishayim, what are you saying over my Torah? So, and he would say in Chazor over this Pasuk many times, doing tshuva and saying, I have to make sure that if I'm going to learn, I'm going to say Hashem's Torah, I'm not a Russia. It was an unbelievable year of Shemayim. <coughs> Excuse me, a Mutzer so to speak. Before he would learn a right Torah, and that's why he was Zoycha, said the Divrei Chaim of Sans, that's why he was Zoycha, that his Sefer is Niskabal and Klai Yisrael. Now it's Yodua, even amongst the Hasidim, that the Divrei Chaim would learn Ksois before Tzkiya Shaifra and Rosh Hashanah. And there's different explanations to it. The Chassidim explain it and they say that the Divrei Chaim said, because even though the Sefer is Nigla, but there's a Pneumius to the Sefer, a Nister to the Sefer, and that Nister, that hidden Torah in the Sefer, is uh, is is matim? It's it matches up for the time of Tkiya Shifer. I'll just tell you the words. I have no idea what those words even mean. I heard from the Talzer Shiva Rav Goldberg, Rav Aaron David Goldberg Shlita. He said he saw somewhere, and he wa- I wasn't sure the source, but he said he saw. Uh, maybe this is like the Misnagdisha version of the story. But basically, he said a mushal. The mushal was that you know a father comes home from work. And his kids and his wife, they all need things from him. So if it was a good day at the office, so there's not much negotiations. He just gives things out as needed. It was a hard day at the office, so they have to handle with him. He's not in a giving mood. So he says that the Devrechayim said that Rosh Hashanah morning is the din. Then you come to Tkiyah Shaifer and you're asking Hashem for a good year and all the different things you need. So he says, if the din didn't go so well in the morning, and now you're coming by Tkiyah Shaifer to negotiate with the Rabbi Nishalaylam, it might be a hard negotiation. He says, but the, the Rabbi Nishalem is Chadi Bil Pilpuli Deiraisa. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Besimcha with Pilpul of Taira. So therefore, he says, I learn a Shtikul Ksais HaChayshen to be Misameach the Rabbi Nishalem. So now, then, we're going to come to Tkiya Shaifer and ask him for things. So then it's going to be much easier negotiations because 
Kavayachal HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in a good mood. That's the vart that, uh, that he said over, that he saw that the Rechaim said the Hezber. But either way, everybody agrees he learned Ksais before Tkiyah Shaifer. What was the Derech Halimud of the Ksais? He was, he was a, a Gain in Pilpul. He was a guy named Pilpul, and if you look at Shev Shmeitza, of those who learn Shev Shmeitza, you'll see it's much more Pilpul. It's Chakiras and building on things and Shilas, and that's why we, you know, when you learn it, it's you learn how to think and you learn how to derech halimud. But in Ksais and Avne Meluim, Adarabah, he distanced himself from Pilpul. And his son-in-law, on the end of Chelek Aleph, Avne Meluim, writes, Adarabah, it's a glory for an Adam Gadol like him. Why? Because he held himself back from things that he didn't feel was mamish emes. And even though he could have said gishmaka pilpulim and things that would, would like kederech ha-mechabrim ha-chadoshim, like mechabrim nowadays do to show how gishmak it is and show how brilliant they are, he held back. And that's the godless of the ksais. He was a gain in pilpul, but he held back. Um... In Meshayvev in Simon Nun Beis, when he's arguing on the Nesivas, he says, "Dvareinu heim dake ho'iu," and you have to be very, very ma'ayin, and and it's very dakestik. It's very fine points to understand the way I learn. And he writes the Nesivas didn't understand. In the Akdama to the Ksais, he writes that he appointed his brother Reb Yehuda, the author of the Kuntzas Hasvekas, and that's why Kuntzas Hasvekas is printed with the Ksais. He says, I, I, I appointed him that he should go through the Sefer, he was in charge of the printing, and anything that's a Dover Ho'emes, that he should print. And anything that it's Derech Pilpul, he should erase. He should take it off. I rely on him that he's able to go through it properly. Um... Now, another thing his son-in-law writes is that that he didn't make wings for himself to fly away unless he had at least a foot on the foundation of Rishonim. Meaning all the svaras that he said, he had to find them based in the Rishonim. It wasn't his own. And the stipler in Pnei Kilas Yaakov says that the Ksais is unbelievable, he says, that even when he proves something Bisvari Yeshara, you see how glat, how clear, how straight his logic is, he still's not happy with that till he brings a raya from the Rishonim. You have to find a raya from the Rishonim or from the Gemara before you say even the most glat Svara. Now, the Ksais was Mechadish something else. In the Akdama Ksais he writes, it's also an unbelievable Akdam, it's Kedai to go through, about Chidushe Taira. He says, how could a person even try to learn Taira? A person should be afraid. He's going to say things, which are not really Amite Shal Taira. Taira is Ruchnias, it's the Rabbeinu Shalalim, the Malachim, we're learning Taira before it was given to Kla Yisrael. How's a person with his limited intellect able to learn Taira and say Chidushim in Taira? How's it possible? He says, but Torah was not given to Malachi Asharitz. Torah was given to people with Seichel Anushi. Gam ki enoi emes be'erech ha'sichlem ha'nivdolim. And even if a person is mechadish something, and according to the world of the intellect of Malachim, it's not emes. But if the person says a chidush gomer, and it's emes be'seichel ha'nushi, it's emes in human intellect, that is called Amita Shal That's how Hashem gave it over to us. And he says that's why Hashem showed Moshe Talmid He showed Moshe Rabbeinu what all future Talmidim are going to be Mechadish. 
What do you mean they're being mechadish things? How can you be mechadish things? The Torah Kodesh Baruch Hu already gave the entire Torah. The answer is there's going to be things that the human intellect is going to be mechadish that wasn't in the original, so to speak, Amito Shal Torah. It's not Emes Lefi the Malachim and Lefi the Ruchnius. But since a person's mechadishit, if again it has to be ms b'seichel ha'anushi, that's called amito shaltera. That's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave to Klal Yisrael. He gave it to the world. Now, at the same time, like we said, you can't just be mechadish on your own. You have to find the source in the Rishonim, like he says himself. Lule Rabbi Seinu Asherheim If not for the Rishonim, we'd be like the blind trying to stumble our way through stumble our way through things. So, there's two halves to it. A person has a right to be mechadish in Torah according to his seichel and the seichel of mankind, but at the same time, a person also has to find a, a source or a basis to what he's saying in the Rishonim. Now, <clears throat> his svarim, what were his svarim? We're finishing off here. Rabbi Yaakov Moshe Chalap of Yerushalayim said that one time they say over that the Ksais had to eat on Yom Kippur, it was Pekuach Nefesh, and he was very upset about it, and uh, he divided up the food that he had to eat into three portions, each one less than a shear, and he had such tsar that he had to eat these three portions, he was zoicha to three famous svarim. The ksais, as we said, ksais hachoshen, chelik aleph, was printed in Tav Kuf Memches, 1788, and that's printed with the shulchan aruch in the middle, and the ksais hachoshen around it. The second chalik was printed in 1896. Um, that's the first chalik went up to Kuflam and Bez, and the second chalik went to, from Simon Kuflam and Gimel to the end. However, in the second chalik, the, the Shulchan Aruch is not there because, of course, uh, they weren't able to print the Shulchan Aruch in the middle. Um, now, in the Akdama, he also writes that I worked very hard in this Chibur. He says, but then the Sefer Urim Vitumim from the Rebbe Rabbi Yenis and Ibishitz came out. And I saw that many of the things I said was like him. So I went back on my whole Sefer, and anything that I found in the Urim Tumim, I deleted, I erased from the Ksois. I called the Ksois HaChoshen, Al Shem Inyonai, because that's its topic. And the Mepharshim say, what he means to say is, that it is the Ksay of the Avne HaChoshen, meaning Shulchan Aruch is called Choshen Mishpat, that's the Choshen. The Choshen has stones in it, that's like the Mepharshim of the Choshen Mishpat. And I'm the Ksoysa Choshen, I'm the edge of it. I'm the edge of the Avnei HaChoshen of the Choshen HaMishpat. And another thing he says is, because Chidushe Torah are Kvutsois of Taltalim, it says in Sheashirim, the, the locks of, 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 the, of the person's hair are beautiful, so it's, a, it's, a, it's like a beauty. So the Lashen Ksois is from the Lashen of these Kvutsaisav, of these, of these uh, beautiful lacks, meaning Chidushe Taira are a beauty for the Taira itself. So that's why it's called Ksois HaChoshen. It's the beauty of Choshen Mishpat of the Halacha. His second Sefer he printed was, we said before, Shev Shmaitza. Um, in 1804, and like we said, he said, he wrote that he, he actually composed it when he was younger, but he writes that when he got older, he went through it again, and he, he changed a few things, and he added, and he, and he was misadarit in the order we have now. I don't know what it was before that, and that's the Shev Shmaitza. And the last Sefer is Avne Miluim An Evan Hoezer, and it seems that he gave the name to the Sefer, however, he was not alive for its printing, he told his son he should print it after his death. His son starts off and says, I mean, Mikayan, the tzivoy of my father, 
Chelek Aleph came out in 1816, and Chelek Beis came out in 1826. The Ksais was Nifter Yud Testeves Tafkuf Ein Gimel, um, 1812. He was about 68 years old. His Talmud in the Hakdamatav named Luam writes, There was 15 years I was in his house, Samachal Shulchanei Atar, Amnoim Pisaim Shadad Aleinu. But all of a sudden, suddenly, our tent has been uh, has been taken away. Ki death has come to our window. and took our beloved, our our beloved tzaddik. I don't know if that means it was a sudden death. It sort of sounds like that. Although there are some chuvas that sound like in the last few years of his life that he was weak and wasn't feeling well. But that's the way he describes it. Like pisoim, it just happened suddenly. And this is the ksayis hachoshen again. Yutas Teves, Tafkun Kofayim Gimel, Schusa Yogain, Al Kol Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kol Tov.